Fuck, I don't like sobriety. This is gonna get weird. Welcome to the GNA Podcast, Games, Nerds, and Alcohol, where at least one of the people on this show is drunk, and we talk about stuff. Uh, today is the super special anniversary episode, and nobody wanted to show up for it. Oh, wait a minute. No, no. We got one guy. Damoc. How you feeling, man? I'm your huckleberry. I'm still here. <laughs> yeah, so it was funny. We uh, like I, I posted that this was supposed to be the anniversary episode. Figured, all right, yeah, everybody will come out of the woodwork for this. Nope, nope. Nope, Blue Shark is, uh, Blue Shark's MIA, Zyberblood's working, D is in a hotel room in Pennsylvania somewhere dealing with, uh, two little whirling dervishes. Um, Article actually broke everything, so now he can't join in. I don't know where Shinzu is, I haven't heard from him in a while, I think he's doing the summer thing, which is good on him. Koa was in the chat for a minute, and then he vaporized. I'm not sure what anybody is anymore. No, everybody's gone. Shadow Fox is gone. He left us months ago. Oh yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's left us for greener pastures. Well, hey, at least we're still here. Oh man, I'm not going anywhere unless my liver fails. <laughs> well, we already went over all that. Your liver's not going to fail. I know, but I'm still not drinking. <laughs> so I asked uh, I asked Shadow if he had talked to you yet. And he's like, no, why? And I said, well, he might have an issue with your, with, with drinking on your thing over the weekend. He's like, yeah? I'm like, yeah. I said, I don't know if he will or won't. I'm guessing he won't, but who knows? He goes, well, eh, whatever. I said, but I'm not wearing pants, so it's all good. Yeah, it's going to be fun, man. I got the outfit to look pretty much like Carl from Aqua Teen. And I was told I didn't need to wear pants, so my intent is not to wear pants. And if I get thrown out of that restaurant, I'm going to be super pissed because everything I've ever seen, it says no shirt, no shoes, no service. It never says anything about pants. Oh, fuck. It's a restaurant? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to bring a spare change of clothes just in case now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well... Let's kick into this. I mean, we, we know what Damoc's drinking since he's dry right now. H2O and lots of it. Uh, dihydrogen monoxide. You gotta watch out. That stuff kills people. Please tell me that you see memes and shit. Uh, oh, yeah. I have definitely seen the memes on it. And they're like, oh, God, it's the most toxic substance. You should never give this to your children ever. <laughs> well, I myself, I am drinking... Well, I started off with a really, really disgusting beer this uh, earlier, and uh, it was... I'm actually going to see if I can find it. Oh, hold on. Oh, hold on. Article might be joining. Well, well I see. see him. Let's see if we can get him in here. Hang on a second. Oh, oh, oh where are you? There we go. Article, are you there? All right, well, we started the show, so join in as soon as you can. I, myself, am drinking a Brazen Shelled. 
Uh, it is a Belgian triple ale. And I came, I actually been on a Belgian kick today. The first one I started off with was one called Brogel. Brogel? Broegel? I don't know. It's, uh, it's called a Bach beer, the original dark lager. And I got I got to say that one I didn't enjoy at all. That uh it was super sweet. It was super fruity. Like it was it wasn't it wasn't fruity like grapefruity fruity. It was fruity like like if you took a banana like tropical fruity. It was really weird of a beer. I I didn't enjoy it at all. It was super light. I mean, I could I could probably sit down and just drink about 30 of them and not catch a buzz. But uh it was super light. It it really didn't have a body to it. It might have been really good if it was paired with something, but it sure as hell was not good uh, just on its own. But I switched over to this other one since I had some other Belgian beers. It's a Belgian Triple Air Brazen Shelled. It's 10.5 by volume. This is still pretty sweet, but at least this has got some body to it. It's got some... Uh, it doesn't really have a kick to it. It definitely doesn't taste like 10% alcohol, but it's got a... It's got more flavor to it, I guess I'd say, uh, and it's not fruity. It's not, it's 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 not like, it's not stupid sweet where it's like making my teeth hurt. It's definitely not something that I drink every day, but it's a nice change from IPA since I've been stuck on IPAs for a long, long time. Yeah, I was never a giant fan of IPAs, and still, well, until we started talking and bullshitting about things, and I started drinking more of them. For me, a lot of IPAs are miss, but there are some decent ones out there I've had. Yeah, there are. I mean, just like every other beer, there are hits and misses. Um, but there are some there are some decent IPAs out there. There's also, I mean, there's also some, like, I'm not a big fan of Hefeweizens, but there are some really good Hefeweizens out there that I enjoy. Yeah, I could see that. There was a few of them that uh, I had some family in Germany that brought back some. And one or two of them were good out of the, like, five or six they brought back. I mean, when I say five or six, they brought back a six-pack of five or six different ones. And they were pretty decent for the most part. Some of them were really good, and you really didn't realize it was a Hefeweizen. And real smooth, real nice to it. And the other ones, ah, uh, yeah, no. It tastes like that funky-ass wheat beer. You know what leaves a bad taste in my mouth? Max? Yep. Hi, <laughs> article. Thanks for joining in, man. What up? So you got to tell us what about your woes? What happened there? Uh, well, I my mic stand is just kind of old, so uh, the portion, like the top portion, finally just kind of broke. Like the uh, the metal just became too worn. Uh, when that happened, it like tugged on my my headphone cable, and then my headphones like kind of like swished halfway around my head and fell off, but then slapped me in the eye on the way down. Oh man. So that pissed me off. And then everything like I, I started up, um, discord and then it froze and I was like, what the fuck? So then I tried to like force quit it, which just caused the whole MacBook to freeze. And I was like, are you fucking joking right now? And then of course, finally got it through. None of the audio would get recognized. So I had to shut down my fucking computer and turn it back on. To which I did. And then, of course, the audio, when I started back up, the program just started up automatically. Uh, and so the same settings were there, right? So it wouldn't recognize the audio again. 
And it's just so fucking stupid, dude. I don't know how MacBooks manage to retain fuck ups so well, you know? <laughs> well, my friend, are you partaking in anything this evening? Yeah, I've got like a, the tiniest bit left of a. Uh, I don't even remember what the fuck it was called. Oh, no. Yeah, dude. Gorilla Glue. Uh, yeah. It's just an indica. Pretty good stuff. Oh, man. I, I love the names of the stuff that you find, dude. Like. Amnesia, yes. Gorilla Glue. Yeah, you know some of them are some of them get crazy, uh, but I like. There are like certain certain strains I'll see the name of, and I'll just be like, "Yeah, I got to try that." Um, like my favorite for a long time was Jabberwocky, uh, just because you know it's classic. What the hell's oh shit? My brain just melted. What was uh? And until dawn, it was the it was the antagonist, and until dawn. Wendigo. You gotta find one called Wendigo. Yeah, I'm actually certain that exists. <laughs> I, I'm almost positive it does. I'm sure it doesn't taste like human, though. No. I mean, I assume not. Or it gives you the munchies so bad you turn into a cannibal. Oh, man. That, that would be worthy of the name Wendigo. Mm. Well, t- today is a super special anniversary episode, which... Uh, Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. I gotta, I gotta finish my story. Um, so, well, not really finish it, but add a finer detail that I forgot. Uh, so I have, I have three different pairs of headphones. Uh, one of, one of which is used for like studio mastering or whatever. Uh, they're, they're great audio wise, but they are the most uncomfortable pieces of shit to wear. I swear they're fucking, it's like vice grips for your ears. They're terrible. Uh, but I have this other cheaper headset that I use for like the purpose of doing this. And when I was looking at, I was like wondering what headphones to wear. I was like, I was like, no, not those headphones. I'll use these headphones because they don't hurt. And then like two seconds after that, it whacked me in the eyeball. <laughs> All of a sudden you're like, these, these won't ever hurt me. They're nice to me. Yeah. Whack. Oh, <laughs> why? Why did this happen? I don't know what instant negative karma is, but that's what that was. Yeah, I was probably getting back at you for something like, I don't know, farting on a baby or something. Yeah, well, it's it's rude because it's like I've never been mean to this, you know, like <laughs> other stuff like an X. I could understand an Xbox controller planting or plotting my revenge or its revenge because I have destroyed many, you know, like. But yeah, not my headphones. I, I love my headphones. Well, That's maybe funny. maybe your headphones were talking to the Xbox controllers and they plotted something together. Well, I mean, if that's the case, then I got to get rid of my Xbox controllers. <laughs> 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 Fucking becoming Chucky. Well, next segment, always we got to get into is State of Games. State of Games is where we pontificate about what's happening in the world of gaming today, or we talk about what we've been playing for the past week. Um so, article, you just got here. What's your state of games, man? Oh, man. I don't, my outlook for games is... I don't even know what's on the horizon, man. I, I have no idea. Uh, I've, I've kind of begun to lost or lost to lose taste in that area. Like, I, I just... Nothing has really grabbed my attention. Even, like, the, the new Halo Infinite trailer I thought was whack. Um, yeah, I, I just... I'm not really very excited for many things in the near future but i will say i've been playing the shit out of apex legends especially since the uh, season two update 
And uh, yeah, I really, 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 really like that game. I think it's really good. Nice. What about you, Damoc? What is your steady games, good sir? Uh, I've been playing RimWorld and more RimWorld and a little bit more RimWorld. Over and over. Yeah. But if you want to pontificate about games, I'm really excited that CD Projekt Red came out and said there's zero pre-order bonus for anything because they want everyone to have an equal opportunity from the start. Sounds communist to me. I, I like it, but I also on the flip side, it's one of those things that they, with Cyberpunk 2077, the amount of hype around that game, they didn't need to give any pre-order bonuses, and people were going to buy that. Like, in droves. That's true. They didn't have to give any pre-order bonuses, but even a game that's going to sell very, very well, uh, the next Call of Duty, regardless of how I feel about it, it's going to sell very, very well with pre-orders, as they all do, and they always get bonus stuff. And With Cyberpunk, they just said, fuck it, everybody's going to get the same goddamn experience, take it or leave it. Yeah, but with Call of Duty, they've already been doing it. It's kind of hard to backtrack now. You know, it'd, it'd be like, I don't know, it'd be like the government taking back welfare. Uh, I don't remember, but I think Metro Exodus did not have any pre-order bonus. But did any did, did that company have any pre-order bonuses for any of their games previously, or any of the Metro games previously? I can't imagine it would have. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's It's kind of hard to take it back once you've given it, but... You know, if you if you've never done it before, it's kind of easy to go. Well, hey, no pre-orders. I think that they did. I could be wrong, but I think when they released the um, the Last Light Redux, when they did the Redux of the first and second game, I thought there was a bonus to that. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I've I've played them actually. I'm playing the most recent one now. I kind of forgot I was playing it though. <laughs> <laughs> Marijuana affects the memory. I don't mean like right this second. I just mean in general. <laughs> it would have been funnier if you were like literally it was loaded <laughs> like it was up on, on your the TV. Ex- yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it was on there and you're like, holy shit, I was playing this. It's like, oh man, that's the game I'm playing. Holy shit. What a, what a small world. <laughs> but it's, uh, I will say it starts off pretty, uh, pretty damn entertaining uh, so far. Yeah. The Metro games has always, have always been entertaining to me. Um, I'm still kind of backing off. I don't know. I'm, I'm st- I, you know, it's this exclusivity thing that just bugs the crap out of me on PC still. So I've, I've been kind of backing off on it. Yeah, that's pretty much where I've been at. I want to play Exodus. I'm very interested in the game. I want to play Borderlands 3. I'm very interested in the game. But by the time they come out on Steam, which is the only platform that, sadly, I enjoy... Uh, I'm not going to play them because Cyberpunk's going to be launching. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, Cyberpunk's going to be out there, and Cyberpunk is going to take up some time. It's looking good, man. Cyberpunk is really, really looking good. I just, uh, I fear that that game is going to be good to the degree that, um, what the hell were those other, like, pseudo-futuristic games? Fallout? No. Uh, fuck. How are they called? They had weird names. That's, uh... Shit. Everybody liked them, though, right? Hang on, I'll find this. I'll 
find this out. <laughs> Everybody always talked that these games were really good. Uh, you could like throw a basketball into like the hoop, you know, early on in that game. It wouldn't do anything. I'm just saying you could do it. Um, I have no clue what game you're talking about. Yeah, dude, I'm completely lost. As soon as I fucking remember what this game was called, you're going to be like, oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Well, let me go into my study games. My study games is actually uh, is completely influenced by Daymok. I have been playing RimWorld. I have been playing nothing else, mostly because I've been doing schoolwork. But when I have time, I have been playing RimWorld. In fact, RimWorld is loaded right now and in the background of my PC because I was playing it right before I started recording. And I'll be playing it probably afterwards. Well, no, because i got to go set up for D&D. To... But after I'm done with that, I'll probably be playing RimWorld. I will probably be playing RimWorld all the way through the night and up until people getting here tomorrow to play D&D. Yep, it's nice. a really fun game. What is, what is RimWorld? What does it entail? I'm going to give that Cecil. <laughs> so it's uh, the best way to describe it is a colony management game. Um, it's, it's a super, it's, it's complete and utter micromanagement. Uh, so if you like micromanagement games, you'll love this. It's like the, like the Sims or roller coaster tycoon or some shit. No, it takes a lot. Uh, I say a lot. It takes, uh, it takes some from like, uh, Minecraft where you've got to like, where you got to bust open stuff. You got to deconstruct stuff to build other stuff. You've got, uh, so it gives you several scenarios that you can start with. You can start with a tribe or people who are on a ship that woke up and they dropped in some escape pods. There's a bunch of different scenarios you can run with. And depending on what you do is dependent on where you are. Like I just started my most recent game as a tribe. So I started off with five characters and like no research whatsoever. So I was able to build a wooden hut, but I couldn't cool anything. So any food that I had, I pretty much had to calculate down to where I would have exactly the amount of food that I would need to make simple meals, because simple meals spoil in about three, three and a half days. So I'd have to have enough food to make my simple meals to feed everybody so that the food wouldn't spoil, but not have enough raw material in the background that it would spoil. So it was kind of a calculated thing going on. The only thing that threw me for a loop is that I'm on Randy Random which means any number of things could possibly happen. And one of those things was blight right before the winter. So all my crops died, and that's literally what I was going to use to feed my people throughout the winter. And yeah. (laughs) Gotta love Randy Random. Can't feed him snow? No, but I actually, I pulled a complete audible. I threw a bunch of ranged weapons at at them. So this is the thing that bugs the hell out of me. How the hell do I always end up with at least half of my colonists as being pacifists? Because <laughs> you, you treat them too well. You have to change it. When you're there and you select your colonists, it gives you that option, and then you can hit the randomized feature on it, and you change them up. Uh-huh. And every single time I did that, it came up with pacifist. So I stopped yeah. doing that because it came up with a fucking pacifist. Yeah, you gotta. I'm saying you, you treat them too kindly. You gotta give them more, more like droughts and famines and shit. Oh, these colonists I have have definitely suffered. Oh, all like, right. Well, then meteorite plague. <laughs> oh, dude, there's there's been biblical shit going on. Blight has come across and wiped out my entire crops. A doe has went crazy and killed one of my colonists. 
Yes, a doe. A fucking deer. A doe. A female deer. Yes. Went hmm. fucking crazy and was Ray? eating one of my colonists. Before I figured out what the fuck was going on, I ran over and I'm like, what the hell's going on here? Oh, a doe is eating my colonists. The only thing I can imagine is that the other colonist, as it approaches to try to save this person, just sees this rabid doe chewing the face off this other colonist. That's the only thing going through my mind when I saw it. So, side story, there was a five-point buck at work today just trapped between two fucking buildings. It's pretty awesome. Was it eating the face off of one of your colonists? No, sadly, no one wanted to go outside. But, yeah. Then it doesn't apply. (laughs) Set your colonist to auto-attack back. If you don't do that, they get fucked up. I gotta figure out where that setting is, because I looked all over, I couldn't find it. However, after the show, tell me where it is, and I will set it so that my colonists do not get fucked. Doesn't matter. The the one that gets attacked is always the friggin' pacifist, so I gotta have him try to run away while the others come to save him. And then it never works, because by the time they get there, the animal, the doe in this specific point, is already eating their face off. Alright, so if you're having a problem with your colonist, then download the mod, prepare carefully. What was that? My bad. <laughs> Did you break another Xbox controller? I, well, I, yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, I'm just tired of technology day not fucking working. I just like hit my Xbox controller to turn the Xbox on and like I look over 30 seconds later and it's still just like flashing that stupid fucking light and nothing has happened. So, yeah, I'm done with that. Uh, yeah, I get that all the time. But yeah, that's my set of games. I literally have not been doing anything else other than RimWorld. I haven't even jumped on uh I've jumped on Destiny. I haven't jumped on anything else. Uh, I am getting amped for D&D tomorrow. Mostly because all of you are unconscious, and the only two people who have characters that are conscious are not going to be there. Yeah, I'm a little worried. You're a little worried. I'm trying to figure out how the hell you guys are going to survive. I feel like Doctor Strange right now. I've seen a million futures, and only one of them you survive. Yeah, it's going to be cannibalism. Possibly. Alrighty, next segment, which we just started up last episode, is news. So we have some news feeds in the Discord. In those news feeds, people post some stuff in and we check them out. And uh, all we're going to do now is we're going to go down those news feeds and just kind of chat about those different articles that are in there. So let's check out. There's nothing else in, in alcohol news except for the Jim Beam thing, which we talked about last episode. So let's go over to Gamer News. Gamer News, we've got... The Verge Asus ROG Phone 2 is the most spec-heavy gaming phone yet. All right. Did anybody get a chance to read this? Oh, yeah. I read it. All right. What was your your take on it? You're a fucking moron for buying a gaming phone. I I can agree with that statement. Now, while I can agree with that statement, I can still recognize that mobile gaming is huge. While it's not huge in America, it's still huge, like, outside of America, which means it's eventually going to get huge here. Uh, okay, so... Well, how is it not huge yes here? Yes and no. It, it is, and it isn't. What is huge in America is 
Candy Crush, Clash of Clans, those type of very simple cash grab games. Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go, huge example. Very, very popular worldwide. I mean, Pokemon Go is everywhere. The United States, as far as the phone technology goes, is really into a whole bunch of very simplistic games. So you look at somebody's phone and they've got like 30 games on it and they're all just fucking stupid click cash grab games. If you uh, go over to the Asian market, uh, they have full-on detailed MMO games. They redid Lineage, Lineage 2, Lineage 2 something else. They have all of that, and they're playing it competitively on their phones and not on their computers, and the phones are easier for them. Because they can't afford computers. I don't know. A phone's pretty goddamn expensive now. Actually, that's that's accurate. Phones are stupid expensive now. In foreign markets? No, just in general. I mean, in foreign markets and 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 here. I mean, take a well, look. That's, say, what uh, that's what I'm saying. So, so maybe the choice then is to make a decision one or the other, and you'd rather have a phone, which also has the capability of being a phone, on top of being a source of gaming, right? Maybe I could see that. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. It's just curious. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm just throwing it out there. No, no, it's a val- it's a valid point. I mean, you're going to spend $500 on a gaming system that doesn't do anything else or you're going to spend $800 on a phone that's right. also able to game. I mean, it's logical. Otherwise, you're going to be spending, you know, a lot. <laughs> let's say let's say the cheapest phone you can get is 600 bucks. You're still going to be spending 600 bucks on the phone and th- and then 500 bucks on the game or on the gaming system. Right. Anyway, Deus Ex, that was the game I was thinking of earlier. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. I, I did go, okay, I know that. I, I do know the game, but I don't remember people being wildly like, yeah, this game is amazing. Most people said only one game of the several that they have was good. And I don't know if it's I think Human I missed that Revolution one. or Mankind Divided. It's one of those two. Yeah, so the original Deus Ex game that came out, was really was good it was on pc it was decent it wasn't great it was decent it was in that cyberpunk era the games that came after that that they pushed over to console that's where deus ex really got more steam behind it the first game that came out was okay on console the second one i think was mankind divided really got a lot more steam behind it and it was actually a really good game i don't know if i've played i don't think i've played that one um, I think I played I played the original one that came out on like the Xbox and I was just relatively underwhelmed by it. Uh, and so that's what, like whenever I see Cyberpunk now that I just am reminded instantly of that, which I know they're going to be different games, obviously. I'm just worried that it might fall prey to the same kind of tropes. Well, ironically, it's probably going to fall into this into the same kind of tropes because Deus Ex is in that cyberpunk kind of feel. Right. But I'm saying if you if you so long as you can take any setting so long as you inject a good uh, story in it. Right. So that's what I'm worried about. Like I didn't I was never compelled by the stories within Deus Ex. Like I just thought they were lazy. I thought they were stupid. I didn't care about any of the characters, um, you know, that kind of that kind of thing versus a, a storyline kind of like Mass Effect, where it's like I became like partial to the characters I created, you know. Yeah, my shepherd is the only shepherd. Everybody else shepherd is just a, a clone of them. Yeah, exactly. So, um, 
that like I'm worried that it'll fall prey to that. Uh, but it all depends on what the I guess the main story is really going to be. Uh, so I mean, I'm, I'll I'll be curious to see, but I'm not like I'm not hyped for it because I just don't think it's gonna. I think it's promising too much uh, to really be able to answer. You know, the the thing that I'm really like how I'm viewing Cyberpunk 2077 just by watching some of the gameplay, hearing what the developers are saying. I really am getting a feel that it's going to be more like a in in depth in scope. It's going to be more of like a Fallout Three, bordering to Fallout Four. I don't think you're going to have crafting as much as you did in, in, in yeah. like Fallout Four. I think it's going to be more like a Fallout Three in scope and breadth, and and mechanics. Fallout Three is again a game that um, like I just I could never get into. Uh, like I played for a few hours, but like it's hard to give a shit about a a future wherein everything is already destroyed, you know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, no, I don't, I don't mean like Fallout Three is in like that type of landscape, that type of setting. I just mean in the oh, that's breath. the only Fallout I played. My bad. Yeah, I just mean like in the breadth of 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 the scope of the game, of how much how much there is to do in the game. Like, in Fallout 3, there's a lot to do. Yeah, yeah. I was stupid excited. I think it was Fallout 3, where you get, like, the, the choice pretty early on whether or not you want to a nuke a small colony. Oh, yeah, Megaton. Yeah, of course I nuked it. Like, it's the whole world is already destroyed. Who gives a fuck? Nuke that shit, you know? Like, did, did you go back to Megaton afterwards and find that girl? She's a ghoul now because you nuked the town? Uh yeah, I'm pretty sure I killed everything there. Like no, no. So like after you nuke the town, if you go back to the town after you nuke it, you actually find one of the. I think she's one of the vendors there, and she's sitting there and she starts talking. <laughs> like I don't know what happened. There's this big flash of light, and yeah, all of a sudden yeah. I just I I felt really really hot, and and then now we're here, and I can't find a mirror. Is everything okay? And then you're like, yeah, you're you're a ghoul. She's like, what? I'm a what? Yeah, that's not, like. I didn't really care enough to do that much exploring. As soon as it like gave me the option to nuke it, I was like, yep, destroy everything. And then I just kind of like left and went to shoot stuff and then died a lot. I don't know. Uh, See, now I, I came from, I came from playing fallout one and fallout two and then fallout tactics. I didn't play the brotherhood of steel one that was on an Xbox because I heard horrible things about it. So I avoided it, but I mm -hmm. came from that where like, and I, but also I, I come from like, in general, I love that exploration factor. So Fallout 3 was really amazing, mostly because I had been to D.C., and now I'm playing a game that's set in D.C., and it was really interesting playing the game that was built out of D.C. and then going back to D.C. after playing Fallout 3 and just seeing how accurate they had made some of the maps and some of the things that you did. It was, it was, it was really... It was interesting. I, th I thought it was a, uh, I don't know, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, probably because I've drank so much beer tonight, but it, it, th there, was this, there was this feeling to it that just made it seem familiar and new at the same time. But I can definitely understand, like, those games, it's, it, like Elder Scrolls Oblivion. Actually, any of the Elder Scrolls games. I have yeah. never finished an Elder Scrolls game to date. I have never gone through the main storyline. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. And I, I, I'm stuck on uh, Oblivion because my character was turned into a vampire. 
Oh yeah, from which, from which yeah, from which there is no coming back. Which would be nice to know, you know, prior to to actually engaging that, because that's one of those choices where it's like it's just way too easy to make that choice, and then all of a sudden it fucks up the rest of the game for you. Like I, I physically cannot. Well, I physically cannot get back or get uh, the storyline of the main or the main storyline to to continue unfolding because of my my Dracula ness. Yeah, there is a cure for vampirism. It's tough to get to, though. I tried to do the cure and it didn't work. So oh, and man. which which is bullshit because it takes like fucking nine hours. It's retarded. So, yeah. I, as soon as that happened, I was like, nope, I'm done with this game. Like, not even, this is not even worth starting over on. You know, like, I don't know. So, like, Elder Scrolls is one of those games where it's like, I enjoy it for, like, the, for the glitches, you know, like, but yeah. everything else, I'm like, eh, I could take it or leave it. No, and that's the thing that, like, Fallout 3 was probably one of the first Bethesda games I finished in a very long time. Mm. You know, I played Morrowind. I loved Morrowind. I love exploring Morrowind. I spent countless hours in Morrowind and Oblivion. I mean, just too many hours did I play in those games. But I never actually got through the main storyline. Yeah. Like in Oblivion, it was funny. I was talking to somebody uh, about a month or so back. And we were talking about Oblivion. And I went, I really don't know what the main storyline is, to be honest. And they went, what? I said, yeah, I, I never, I never actually did it. I don't even know where it starts. And they said, it starts at the beginning of the game. And I'm like, well, what'd you do? It's like, it's when the emperor dies. It's like, the yeah. emperor dies? I'm like, yeah, you follow him through the through the, through the the caves or through the, the prison system? I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, you're right. And uh, like, literally, I had epiphany then of like, oh, yeah, the emperor did die right in the beginning of that game. And then yeah. that was it. I never touched the storyline again. I just went around closing Oblivion Gates. Because it's a boring introduction. Like, why are you supposed to give a shit about that king? Exactly. You don't. You don't. You know, like, so you don't care to, to follow up on it. It's like, it, it's one of those leads that's there where you're like, I know that exists, but, you know, I don't give a shit about it. Like, yeah, it, it's, it matters. And, and I think gaming companies on a whole have been losing sight of that. Like, it matters how you set up and how you deliver the story. You can't just be like, oh, no, guys, there's a bad guy. We got to go get it. And that's essentially what the last two Halo games have been. You know, like, it, it matters how you deliver this fucking news to people. And people, have, like, this is not just, I, I should say, this is a, a, a trend I've noticed in far more categories than just game. It, like, Hollywood can't write a story to save its fucking life anymore. Um, same thing with music. Like, even, like, a lot of the best albums of, of recent noteworthiness are all speaking on the same sort of tired cliches that have been around for like the better part of a century now, you know, it's just, I don't know. Like a lot of it's getting kind of annoying to me. This is, which is why, right. Cyberpunk I have hope for because it's set in that futuristic setting. So if it's like just another game that speaks on the same kind of garbage we're already involved with, like, I'm just going to be so disappointed. No, the good part about Cyberpunk is it already has a huge story behind it. It has an entire tabletop game to go off of. It's got a lot there, so it's going True. to be something different, at least. And plus, 
the actual creator of Cyberpunk was involved with this project. So it wasn't just like somebody bought the rights right. to the game and said, oh, we're going to make a game. They actually got the, the developer, the, the person who made yeah. it, involved to say, hey, let's make this happen. Yeah, it feels like canon then, you know, like you, you, it's authentic, you know, which is good. But- right, because the board game is what, Cyberpunk 2020, this one's 2077, it's all involved, they can jump forward, you know, a decent amount of years with technology and go right. from there. But that's CD Projekt Red's MO for the most part. Look at the Witcher series. It has multiple novels that they took pieces from yeah. and built a game. I don't think the author of the novels was involved in the game, but they did a great job with Witcher. Yeah. Well, whoever whoever knew that story and, and those those books obviously cared enough to pay close attention, you know. Uh and and that's good. That usually results in good outcomes. Um but I I think uh, it'll be curious like like I, I have a feeling that it'll probably go like the Aldous Huxley, uh, Brave New World kind of route, or 1984, whichever one. Um, but I'll be. It, it was still like an intriguing concept to explore, of course, you know. So it it really I think is going to depend on how they really deliver it and how they showcase what's going on and what the problem is amongst that society, you know. Yeah, and the hype train that got built up on it was what. Almost six years ago, they advertised that one little thing saying, hey, we're making this game called Cyberpunk 2077. And it had that cool little 10 or 30 second clip. And that was about it. And then they just went completely silent about it for years. And now they're showing us what they've been working on. Mm. And it's like, oh, shit, this is going to be great. Yeah. Well, maybe that's that's that might be a really good sign, too, because it doesn't really seem like this game had a due date, you know? So maybe it's one of those projects, which has probably become way too rare nowadays, wherein there wasn't a time restraint. So they just made the product to tell the story they wanted it to tell without fucking it up by trying to push things along or, you know, cut important bits out just to save time or whatever. Yeah, but like, I, I got to point back to Duke Nukem. They kind of did the same thing with that, and that was a hot mess. The What was it, Duke Nukem Forever or whatever the fuck? Yeah, something like that. I mean, let's... That was terrible, though. They had so many development struggles. Let's let's be real. Those games were always bad. I know. They were so good because they were so bad. Yeah, well, it's like, you ever play Serious Sam? Oh, yeah. Like oh, those games, game. right, right. They're terrible games, but stupid fun, you know, like, and that's always what Duke Nukem was supposed to be. Uh, so maybe one of these days we'll get another one, but I don't know. Honestly, I think Duke Nukem has just got to stay dead. Like Duke Nukem yeah. does not need to come back. No. That would be like a Half-Life 3 at this point. It would. It would. It would. It would. Like people's hype on it would just be too astronomical for them to make a game that would live up. True. To true. 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 Although I would say they definitely met that mark and surpassed it for Half Life Two. Yes, Half Life Two, absolutely. Now Cecil likes to argue that the game itself wasn't very good. Yeah. But, uh... What? How do we have such a different opinion here? I didn't enjoy. So. Like the engine itself was fantastic, but yeah, the engine is sweet. The, the story in Half Life Two, 
and episode one and episode two, it just it, it well, it's confusing. I agree. It wasn't riveting. It didn't. It didn't hold me. I played through Half Life Two because I felt that I had to, and if I didn't, I like I kept. I kept playing the game and I kept going, all right, there's going to be something better at the end of this. And then I'd get to the end of that and I'd, I'd be like, well, no, it really wasn't. And I'd go, well, there's got to be something better at the end of this one. And I'd keep going after the little checkpoints and I'd be like, well, there's got to be something better at the end of this. And I finally got to the mm-hmm. end of the game and I went, well, there's there's got to be more, right? And then there was nothing. And I'm going, well, what the hell? And they came up with episode one. I'm like, all right, episode one. So this is the thing I've been waiting for. This is going to be the better thing. This is going to be the thing where it all comes together. And I played episode <laughs> one and I'm like, what the fuck, guys? Now... Did you play Half-Life 1 when it came out? I played Half-Life 1 on computer when it came out. Oh my god, I played it for the PlayStation. I got like 20 minutes from the end, didn't have a memory card. Oh no. Yeah, fucking power tripped. <laughs> I was so mad. So I, 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 don't, I have actually never completed Half-Life 1. But I mean, I got damn close. Okay. Like, Well... I loved Half-Life 1, and then I started playing Team Fortress Classic, mm. but that's all the online stuff. Right. Half-Life 1, to me, was a fantastic storyline. I loved everything about it, and I was really excited and really enjoyed Half-Life 2 because it continued the story for me. I wanted to find out mm. what was going on. And you're right, the endings were very like, oh, fuck. Okay, Episode 1. Oh, and then episode two, okay, we're going to keep going, and then we have a huge cliffhanger, and now what, it's been ten years? Yeah, and, and like, that's the thing that bugged me, is that, like, Half-Life 1... Two's ending is, is ridiculously memorable, but I don't know how you got there. Like, I couldn't tell you that. See, now, I, I, remember, I remember the little things about Half-Life 2, about going in there, finding the crowbar, and fending off one of those friggin', uh... The oh my things God. that jumped on their head. I like. I let's, remember all of yeah. those little things. Let's let's be real. Breaking your first board with that crowbar is one of the most satisfying moments in gaming. Absolutely, absolutely. Like Half Life One, the way Half Life One went through, and and the way it ended. Yeah, it was a it was a bit of a cliffhanger of like, well, what really happened, or or what, where do we go from here? But it was it was it was a it was an ending that was it was expected. It it wasn't. There was no like twist or shock. No, or anything, no, there right? wasn't. It wasn't like fear where you find out that the guy that you've been chasing and that you killed is actually still alive, and that's how ha- that's how fear two showed up. It's nothing like that. It was just like, okay, that was cool. That was that was that Half Life right. One was the epitome of it's the journey, not the destination. In my mind, yeah. like that's Half Life One. That's the, that was the game to me. But when Half-Life 2 came out, maybe I was expecting that journey again, and I just didn't get it. And then I was hoping that the destination was going to be what I wanted, and then I didn't get that. So I just got totally let down. Now, again, let me reiterate before I get people, like, finding voodoo dolls and sticking pins in it of me. I'm not saying Half-Life 2 was a bad game. Half-Life 2 was a phenomenal game. The engine that they had, the way they had, had it laid out, the progression of the game... Everything felt great. The only thing I didn't like was the story progression. That was it. Now, granted, that's pretty big in some people's books, but... Yeah. 
Yeah, but it didn't. That you, you make a good point there because it didn't really matter in Half Life Two that the story progression was awkward. Pretty much simply because the gameplay was so good. Yeah. Oh, you know, absolutely. so like it, it didn't make it didn't make a difference to you. You just were ha- like happy to be playing the game. You know. Yeah, it felt good to play. Like that's sure. that's the thing about it, and 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 that's why when they had mods that came out after it, like Day of Defeat oh my and Counter Strike and all that stuff that they lumped into it. Dude, it the gravity gun. Is still probably one of my favorite weapons of all time. That shit is so dope. Yeah, they they just had some. The the engine was just absolutely fantastic. I I to be perfectly yeah. honest, I could sit there and watch that benchmark over and over again mm-hmm. just because it was pretty to watch. Yeah. Now I want to watch the benchmark. <laughs> Don't you? I just remembered why I've never completed Half Life One. Um. It's that fucking intro. That uh, whatever that like weird tram ride is. Yep. That lasts like twenty five fucking ride. minutes. <laughs> yep. And you can't skip it and you're just like, Oh fuck, my god. Wandering fuck around. that part. I remember trying to go back and, and complete the game and just like after like ten minutes of that, I was like, I can't do this. Like <laughs> Oh man. Now there is a really, really good mod. Or the Source Engine that redoes Half-Life 1 pretty well. Like, uh, I, they're not even done with it, and they've been working on it for years. It's the Black Mesa mod. Oh, yeah. And it's fucking great. What's that for? Wait, what does it do? It's just, it's the Half-Life 2 Source Engine, and they just redid Half-Life 1 oh, nice. properly. Nice. Not the way that Valve did it, where they just kind of threw a port over and said right. fuck it people will like this these people have really gone out and done everything to make a really good half-life one experience hmm. i'm excited for that thing i might I, have to yeah, i would I like to go to back and play out. half-life one i, I would same, really enjoy same. that well the next article that came up uh, and this one yeah, where, where are you seeing these articles they're in uh they're in gamer news alcohol news and the discord gamer news so the next one that came up was uh, an article that came out on, I'm going to say this wrong, Koto- Kotoku? Kotaku? 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 Yeah, that. Um, and the title of the article was, The Video Game Industry Cannot Go On Like This. What? Did it, did, did, Damon, did you get a chance to read it? Uh, I got about halfway through, and I don't like Kotaku, or um, there's another one I don't like either. So I don't read their shit. I, I typically don't, but the, the the reason that I got this, or the reason I read this is because something that I've been thinking about for, for quite some time, that the gaming industry is just kind of like living in this bubble and eventually it's got to burst uh, one way or another. I mean, just, just some simple things along the lines of games have not rose above $60 like ever. You know, and, and they're trying to find crafty ways of getting around that $60 by doing microtransactions, by doing loot boxes, doing limited edition stuff, doing collector's edition stuff. But eventually that's, you know, that that's going to come to a head. And, and, and the thing that, the, the, the thing about the article, the, the thing that I took away from it was, was just a lack of single player experience. that's just out there now. And there's so few and far between games that really focus on single player experiences anymore. Yeah. Yeah, looking at it, and it's got, what, in 2008, three publishers, just three, EA, Ubisoft, and Activision, 
released 98 games. In 2018, they released 28 games, and a vast majority of them were not single-player friendly at all because there's no money in single-player. Exactly. And I think we ran the numbers one day mm-hmm. on a $6 game. Actually, let's do it again while we're sitting here. Cause... How, how can they say that there's no money in, in single-player? So, I find that I find that ridiculous. They can sell loot boxes. They can sell skins. They can sell. I mean, they could do that for a single player game. Items. Not really. Why not? You're the only one that's going to see it. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. Maybe it's not so keeping up with the Joneses. Hmm? Well, so five hundred thousand units sold at sixty dollars is thirty million dollars. Yeah, we went over why game prices have never gone up because already $60 with all the pre-orders and then everybody running out and buying it and you're talking, okay, they're shipping 50 million copies of this game. They're shipping more than that a lot of the times. They're making money. Exactly. I mean, so now that, that's, that's, where I, that's where I boil it down to. It's like, you know, these blockbuster games, I know that they cost money to make. You got to pay the people who are making them. You got to, you know, you got to keep the lights on. You got, and I understand that, you know, and that's the whole point of a publisher. A publisher typically will front the money for that, and say, well, here's the money. You make the game. That's why deadlines are always there. That's why like Bungie and Activision had the big fallout because you know Activision fronted all the money to make Destiny, and then Bungie is like, well, look, you know, we want to make it on our own time scale, not yours. I mean, there's a lot more behind it, but that's one of the things. This can't possibly be right. Uh, so I just looked it up out of curiosity. EA has 9,300 employees. 90? 100. That doesn't seem like a lot. 9,300. That's a lot of people. Uh, but just out of curiosity, I wanted to take 30 million and divide that into 9,300 people, right? You find that you get the answer $3,225 per person. So, yeah, but, the, but that's only saying that they move five hundred thousand units. I just want super. Long I know, I know. I'm just, I'm just saying, like that's a lot of money, or it seems like a lot of money. But when you're spreading it out among that many people, it goes quick, you know. So, oh yeah, yeah. I totally. That was get the it. only point. That was the only point I was, I was curious to see there. Yeah, and, and I and I totally get that. You know, they've got a lot of people. You know, they've got a lot of people, a lot of mouths to feed per se. But when you look at the the, yeah. the amount of money that it costs to make a game, like you take a look. Like okay, so let's let's just pick a game. Well, in reality, it costs. It doesn't cost any kind of real resource, save for like electricity, right? So, which is cheap. So, um, them like the, what it costs is just man hours, you know, like time, people's time and their creativity, you know, like that's ba- that's basically what people are really paying for. And obviously, their their expertise on how to program and stuff, but uh, like a large. I would say the larger part of video games are the art designs, the you know the characters, the models, the you know that sort of thing. So yeah, but but I'm just but let's take a look here. So I'm looking at the cost. I just picked a game. I cooked uh, a GTA Five mm, mm. as the most expensive video game ever. Two hundred and sixty-five million dollars to make. Two hundred and what? Two hundred and sixty-five million dollars to make. Holy! Now, sh- it definitely raked in more than. Well, but my assumption is that in that two hundred sixty-five million, they're counter, they're counting for the employee salary to make that. 
Yes. So they normally include the employee salaries when they're talking about making the game. So that game, uh, let's see here. Uh, how much did how much did that game make? To, uh, two, one, they two. don't release the actual numbers, and if you've been paying attention, Grand Theft Auto Five Online just launched the uh, casino. And Red Dead Redemption, as of right now, is currently dead. No one's playing the multiplayer. Everybody went back to Grand Theft Auto. They're raking in shit tons of money off of the... You have to purchase it. Hold on here, but let's take a look at this. So, Grand Theft Auto sold 25 million copies in the first year alone. 25 million copies. So, let's just do 25 million. And we're going to times that by $60. Because that's how much it costs, right? We're talking American. So it's $1.5 billion that that game made. That, that that cost them $265 million to make. So this is this is where, like, this is where my, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just a sour taste or whatever. But games are making money. AAA titles are making money. You know, I, I picked GTA V because... It was a really expensive game to make. And I'm sure there's been more expensive games since then. What about the big blockbuster that costs less than $100 million to make? But And that's what, that's what my point is, is that even at $60, they're still making a lot of money on these games. So the Call of Duty Black Ops 4 only cost about $90 million to make. The first three days of launch, it made $500 million. And, and that's my point, is that I, I, I think the reasoning behind games still being sold at $60 is that they're still making money. And that's where all these microtransactions and everything else really gets me upset, because they're making money. Now with the microtransactions and everything else, they're just, they're just getting greedy. It's like, well, how can we make more money? Oh, we need to keep a, a, we need to keep a steady flow of income. If you make games... And release them and sell them. People buy them. You make money. So what part am I missing here? I mean, we deep dove this conversation before. Yeah. $60 has been the standard for a really long time. And people just continue to pay the standard. Video games, yes, it costs $200, 300000000 million to make a really good AAA title. But when you're doing a global market and you're making the sales... You could actually reduce the price of video games to twenty bucks and still have a decent profit margin. No, no, uh, yeah, it's not true. It, it's not true. Like as demand increases, that doesn't drive price down. As business increases, cost increases. Well, let's also look at one valid point here that I always like. I always talk myself off the ledge with is that games nowadays have much more extended support than they ever did in the past. So the, the paradigm of we sell a game, you play it, we make money, is kind of not there anymore because it's become we sell you a game and we support it after we sell it to you because so many more people are playing it, they find more yeah. bugs, this happens, that happens, whatever it may be. So the extended support after that, I can fully understand, okay... They've got to somehow pay for that. Well, especially if it's like a, a multiplayer game, right? Because you're you're running servers constantly. There's like this is a this isn't a game that people just play once and stop, right? So it's like there's got to be some upkeep there. That is the only reason we're seeing extended support. 
is because everything has a major multiplayer aspect to it. Right. Yes, they're running servers, kind of. They're still renting stuff, and people are still running their own servers That's for true. a lot of things. That's I've, true. I've got to disagree with you only on one uh, on, on one set of games, and there's more out there other than these set of games. Bethesda games are not multiplayer in any way, shape, or form, and they still support their games long after a they're fixing bugs. Uh, they're they're solving problems. Eh, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. But you can probably uh, buy stuff like skins and stuff, right? Yes, you can. You can buy a whole bunch of stuff for those games, but they're not doing it because they have the big thing that they got a bunch of backlash against them a couple years ago, and it's still very prevalent now, is they're releasing unfinished games where they've already been, they've spent the money to work out certain bugs, and they keep releasing patch notes. And a lot of people are complaining, well, those aren't the bugs that we're crying about. We're crying about these major ones, which are still in Skyrim, still in Morrowind, still in Oblivion. Still in the Fallout franchise entirely. Okay, so I got to disagree with you on Morrowind because I played Morrowind and I saw the progression of bug of, of support on that game after the game was released, and they they did fix a significant amount of things in that game in like the first, I think three to six months. They fixed so many things in that game. I, I, Oblivion alone, shit, Skyrim. Um, there was a bug in Skyrim on PlayStation that if you went underwater, after you played it for like 20 hours, hmm. if you went underwater at all, it would lock the entire game. And that was a bug that right. they fixed. Anything yeah. that's absolutely great game-breaking, they're yeah. going to work on a fix for that they haven't seen in their beta testing and all of that. But True. a lot of little bugs, like Skyrim, is a great one. You can find that hidden chest and then go to those little raider things. You got to wait some time. You just keep going back and forth and you can make a fork because there's two types of forks in the game. One of them can be used as a weapon and you can overpower that to one shot absolutely anything. And it takes maybe 45 minutes to an hour to do all the crafting for it. But it's horribly broken and they've known about it since launch. Hmm. You know, I think... um. There's one company that kind of deserves a lot of credit here that I don't think has ever gotten it, from, not at least widely, but 343 Industries, the guys behind Halo 4 and 5, even though they're my least favorite games in the series. Um, 5, they, you know, they released Halo 5, and then every update, every add-on that they made for that game was completely free, like forever. So I spent $60 at launch to buy that game. <clears throat> but then I wound up with a game that started at, at like 55 gigs and ended at like 98. Like that's how much the content they added to that game without charging me a single penny more. Well, that also brings you back to another, another game company then. Um, Hello Games. No Man's Sky. Even after all the uh, backlash that they got, they've, yeah. they're still supporting that game. I think that was always their plan, right? Well, that's what I'm saying. That's that's there's but but there are gaming companies out there that are still supporting their games after release that aren't multiplayer. Now, granted, True. No Man's Sky has a multiplayer aspect to it, but let's be perfectly honest, that multiplayer 
completely sucks, and you should just play the game solo anyways. Yeah, that shit was fucking awful trying to play it multiplayer. Exactly. Now, I'm not saying that the support has been fantastic. I'm just saying that there are definitely game companies out there that are supporting their game. And they really have. They, they Like, Hello Games, they've gone above and beyond, in my opinion, than what they really need to do. Because they got they got that. I mean, they, they keep taking it on the chin now, even after all they've done to that game. They are still taking it on the chin. Is It's still not what they promised, even with all the updates. But that part, I, I understand it's mostly single player. They did add a major multiplayer aspect to it, and that's fantastic. They still are supporting it, and I think they're using it as an alpha platform for a much larger game that they're going to release at some point. But since we're doing this, I'm just going to put that dick back in my mouth <laughs> and uh, CD Projekt Red. Yeah. They only make single-player games. Exactly. And they keep supporting them. Yeah. Exactly. Now, they do sell DLC. There is paid DLC for the Witcher games. Sure. Uh, but flat you, out. But you but don't have to get it. No, you don't. And you'll still get the bug fixes. Exactly. Yeah. There's still support for the game, no matter what. Uh, you know what game can go fuck itself? Call of Duty. Like, all of them. But more specifically, the like Black Ops Four. Holy shit! That is like that game is the epitome of like money hungry douchebag. Like it originally launched, it had like two fucking zombies maps, and then if you want access to the other ones, you have to buy like the seasons pass. It's fucking bullshit. Oh, I'm glad I, I'm glad I didn't play it. You don't even have the option to buy the maps separately you have to spend sixty dollars on the game and then sixty dollars on the season's fucking pass it's bullshit i got the game in humble bundle and it's a call of duty game so i automatically just went up oh, nope not installing do not reveal key i haven't mm. revealed it either i still have it in my humble bundle key yeah it's not what about not the um intro version tech what the fuck are they called the guys that did prison architect they kept doing major updates to that game after it launched, mm. and it was single player. I think it might have multiplayer in it now, but they sold it to a different company. Well, yeah, but but like even even Hello Games with No Man's Sky, that was a single player game a long time before they finally came out with that update that made it multiplayer. But there there are still so many gaming companies out Dead there. Dead Cells. That, oh, Dead Cells, yeah. But there are so many gaming companies out there that are doing extended support yeah. on their games and that to me can say okay that's how i argue myself off that ledge of well man these these companies are just money hungry they're being greedy okay maybe they're not some maybe of them, not some of them, of them surely are yeah, yeah some absolutely. of them surely are but i think that a good a good many of them are trying to do like they're trying to basically make their profits off of honest work you know and i think that's ultimately the difference exactly and, th and those are the companies that i want to back they're, they're they're the people they're the people that I want to I want to buy games from like CD oh, Projekt yeah. Red and the, the the new Black Ops Four doesn't even have a single player campaign and that's why I don't that's why I don't buy Call of Duty anymore that's why I don't buy Battlefield anymore I loved the Battlefield games loved them I didn't have to buy Apex at all and I'm actually I feel guilty I haven't spent any money on the game because I like it so much you know. Yeah, but, but I mean, Apex is built off of that whole, hey, we're going to release it for free, and then we're going to release the stuff that allows people to pay money to get 
I mean, not necessarily advantage, but unlock the extra shit that you can just play forever and get, or you can pay right. now and get it and just have it. I think the difference for Apex anyway is that there's nothing that you can unlock via the you know boxes or whatever that will change the game in any fashion. No, it's not pay to win. Right. So so that makes it like I don't know. There, you never like run across that guy who's got whose equipment is just so beyond yours that you never had a chance kind of thing. Yeah, the only thing that you could possibly run across, the only thing that you could possibly run across would be somebody who has a character unlocked that you don't have yet. Right. <clears throat> Why is the game dying then? Uh, because people are bitches and they, they die and get wrecked and then they get sad. I seriously have gotten real nasty at this game. <laughs> I don't know. I just keep seeing article after article about how the game is dying and fans are fed up with it and it's terrible and I'm just like, okay, and then you jump on and you're loving it, enjoying it, having a great time and I'll jump on YouTube and if you're be seeing like, if you're seeing like a lot of that being reported, then chances are it's not dying. You know? Like it would be dying if nobody was talking about it. Uh but let's point. let's yeah. see. Let's see. Um let's see. Uh from from April 23rd, Apex Legends' popularity is fading. Analysts warn the game is wildly overvalued. I disagree, but... Um, when was the um, season... When, when did season two come out? I'd be curious to see what it looks like. Hours watched. They're comparing hours watched. What a weird viewership. What a weird fucking metric to go by that's the thing that's been bugging me lately is that people have been grading video games on how much people are watching them on streaming like how many yeah it should be based on how many players like what if what if the only reason well like think about that what if the only reason people aren't watching it as much is because they're playing it themselves well like like, take a look at like until dawn that game is stupid fun to watch i mean it's it's fun to play but it's stupid fun to watch too yeah. So like when that was in when that first came out and that was all of a sudden had huge viewership. It's like, "Oh, this game is great." Well, no, I mean the game is great, but it's not because people are watching it, it's cuz the game is actually well done. Uh, let's see. So we're I'm trying to find some good like data on this, but it's it's tough. See, that's the problem that I have where everybody says League of Legends is a top number 1 game, and I'm like, "No." Just because you have a whole bunch of people watching 15 pay- players playing it doesn't mean it's like a badass number one game. If all those people that were watching it were then playing it, then yeah. Yeah, it's like... Plus, sometimes people have two screens, right? So they could be like playing Fortnite on one and watching Apex on the other or vice versa. Where it's like, how, do, how does that get counted then? You know, like, how is that reflected in this data? Because all these, every graph I've seen so far is fucking horseshit, dude. They're not giving me, like, I just want to see, like, the player count. You know, I want to see the popularity of the game over time. Uh, I'll be curious to see, because any game that initially launches is going to have its highest count near its launch, right? And then then wane over time. So it had 50 million players, Apex Legends, 50 million people at launch. Yeah, what is it? says EA's Apex Legend gets insane 10 million players, and I think that says 72 hours. Yeah. Uh, can it become bigger than Fortnite? That was the question asked initially. This was upon release. 
So this is what I'm talking about. I want to see that the same data, but I want to see in comparison since its launch, you know? Well, I mean, a lot of companies have stopped reporting their actual numbers of how many people are playing the games. Valve is notorious for not actually publishing the numbers, but giving people the tools to go through Steam and like gather some of that data. But Blizzard doesn't report the numbers of people playing World of Warcraft anymore. They stopped reporting like 2015. Yeah, let's see. Uh, Apex, we'll say Apex Legends popularity season two. We'll see what that did. Well, that's not a promising headline. <laughs> it says Electronic Arts. Oh my God. I know I have an ad blocker on. Electronic Arts shares tumble after Apex Legends season two launch. The game had more than 100,000 viewers in a day as recently as March. The new season hasn't gotten more than 50,000 daily daily viewers on Twitch, according to Twitch Tracker. Everything is being, like, everything is being graded by Twitch. Where the fuck have yeah. I been, man? Dude, it is all, they've all been being graded on Twitch viewership, which is, this is the most popular game because, you know, 200,000 people are watching Fortnite. Yeah, which and- kind of makes sense, right? If a game's really popular it's going to have a lot like a larger viewer base, you know, that makes sense. But it, I don't know, like I would rather see compared or yeah, comparatively the, the amount of players actually playing the games. Cause I would imagine that these numbers probably aren't so different day to day, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. It's the problem that I have with Twitch. Um, not that Twitch is a bad system at all, some people will start the morning off with playing Fortnite. Uh, Mid afternoon will be Apex, you know, and, and at night will be I don't know, fucking something different. Yep, and you'll see a lot of that. Hey, I'm uh, I'm gonna game for eight hours, and the first two hours of this, second two right. hours of this, and they jump around, and it doesn't really depend on the popularity. It's uh, the streamer popularity, and they're showing what games people really want to play because they're so amazing and i'm sitting there going uh i don't want to watch that game it's boring as fuck to watch somebody play it but Mm. okay then other games are oh i'm interested i want to see a little bit of this i'll watch a couple people from time to time yeah but i want to play the game it's weird to just watch people play I like watching some of the uh, some of like the really good players I'll, i'll sit down and like check and see what they kind of do sometimes uh, mainly because they're fucking nuts. Like they're way too good. Uh, but also, it's uh, yeah, it can be like informative. You know, they'll show you tricks oh, yeah. that you didn't know were possible, kind of thing. And you'd be like, oh shit, I got to try that. Um, yeah, I watch a lot of. I play the shit out of RimWorld. I play it and I watch a lot of it. Yeah, um, I'll sit on YouTube and watch people's playthroughs. And see what they're doing differently and some of the mods that they're using and how they're interacting and if they're having crashes or what the deal is. But yeah, yeah it's a lot of fun. Yeah, they're like some of the some of the, the weapons in Apex are ones that I've never liked until I watched other people use them. And then I'd see I'd be like, oh, my God, there's there is some way to use this weapon appropriately. And then I'd go in, you know, go back and fuck with the weapon. And now it's like with some of the weapons, I'm like. Like, you don't want to be on the other side of it because I will wipe an entire team, you know, like. Uh, but sometimes you get something like uh, the fucking Mozambique, and that's still just a tragedy. Love that weapon. 
I got a kill at it the other day. Was that uh, like kill five? I think maybe like three. I don't know. <laughs> I fucking hate that gun, dude. It's so bad. And oh yeah, yeah. The then like one of the games I I played. One of the only guns I could find uh, was out of one of those stupid like little robot packages you punch and you know open up or whatever. And it was a gold Mozambique. Never have I been more disappointed to find a gold weapon. You know, like as soon as I picked it up, I was like, oh, maybe it'll be good. Nope, still three rounds per clip and still just like garbage in, in the vicinity of anybody. Just terrible weapon. Damn, now I want to play that game just so I can find a gold Mozambique. Right. You can find a gold version of any of the weapons. It's rare, but like when you do, it's just, it's got all gold, everything on the weapon, like from front to back. And it's, uh, they're generally just dope. They're just really, really the best versions of those weapons. But that's what I'm saying. Even the best version of the Mozambique sucks. <laughs> so you keep saying that, but man, every time I found one in a pinch, man, I would run in there and I'd wreck them with a Mozambique. It is an unexpected weapon to whip out and shoot somebody with. I will give you that. Yeah, nobody expects it. It's like the Spanish Inquisition. Right. But that's only if you can hit them with it, uh, which, you know, trying to aim a shotgun close range is, is pointless. So you got to hip shoot it. And then your, your accuracy goes down just, just by way of, of hip shooting logic. And, oh, yeah. uh, and there's only three rounds in the clip. So it's like, it's really only useful if you're in a pinch against one other person. You're right. Because there's no way you're going to get three perfect shots on three opponents and manage to kill all of them in that fashion. There's just no way. But man, if you did, your, oh your, your dick You'd would be, be huge. Yeah, you, you would be a god. They would probably, like, EA would come to your door and, like, fucking sponsor you. Yeah, they'd probably show up with an actual Mozambique and be like, hey, look, yeah. this is your reward. And you'd be like, really? This shitty-ass weapon you're giving me, just, this is a reward? You just fucking put it to your own head. You'd be like, ugh. Doesn't even work. Exactly. Yeah, you'd miss. You'd be like a stormtrooper. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Man. Well, we didn't even get into the topic, but uh, the whole topic tonight, which I think we really were in the spirit of it, was this is the anniversary episode of the GMA. Oh, yeah. So, uh, God, I don't even know what year it is anymore. I think this is year three. I think we're tipping to year three right now. Pretty sure it's 2019, dude. But it's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, because we started... Well, no, no, I'm saying year three of the I know, I know, I know. I'm just messing. But it's, uh, it's pretty cool that we've, uh, we've, we've continued on making content this long. And, uh, you know, we, we've had... Man, we've had so many different people on. From, from streamers from Italy to, uh, to other podcasts to uh, other, you know, uh, hosts of the GNA and changing hosts of the GNA. Just... It's been a really, really cool ride. And I got to say, just from a personal experience, it's it's been fun. It's kept me sane, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Uh, it's definitely been a project, and I really look forward to what this next year is going to bring. That's what's up. Yeah. I've, uh... Here, here. Yeah. I've only been fucking around with you for, what, about a year on this. We've known each other much longer, but it's pretty fun. It's been an interesting journey so far. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, we've done we've done some really really cool things like the the hundredth episode where we did a gaming chair giveaway, which was really interesting. How to coordinate and, and get all that going down? That's that's I gotta say that was definitely a first for me. I never really 
really fathom that it would be that difficult to coordinate giving people stuff. But yeah, it's mm. actually there's actually some logistics around it that make it a bit difficult. Um, yeah, I can see that. I mean, the Extra Life events that we do, uh, the 24-hour Extra Life streams that we do, those have always been fun. I can honestly remember my first Extra Life stream. I, I did the full 24 hours, and man, was I burnt out at the end. But it was so much fun, especially just building money for charity. And actually, it was after one of those streams that we started partnering with Humble Bundle. Because we, you know, just this, the whole charity thing was just a, a, a great thing. You know, it's a, it was a great thing to go down that route. Uh, any way that we can kind of give back is, is always fun. But yeah, we've just done, we've, we've done so much on this show. We've, we've talked about so much. And, the, and the, the fun thing is, is that no matter how much we talk about, no matter how much we do, there's always more to talk about. There's always more to do. And that's the fun part. That's, I think that's what makes it so entertaining, at least for me. Well... We're already nerds. There's going to be plenty of games, whether it be card games, desktop, tabletop, PC, console. That's never going to change. And normally there's a lot of alcohol involved. But, um... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, no alcohol for me for a while, but it'll be all right. I'm going to do reviews on fucking water because I've been drinking so many different brands. (laughs) Deer Park, it has kind of a minty taste. Hey, whoa, 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 don't knock to your park. That's the best water that I found. No shit. I think Aquafina puts sugar in their water. Aquafina has a it. funny taste, but yeah, yeah, it's almost like there's a substitute. It's a little sweet. It is. It's super So weird. I've been drinking Aquafina. I'm not a big fan of it because it just, it tastes kind of funny after a Same. while. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I dried the the Voss water, that super expensive fucking water, mm. and I didn't like it. It I understand water doesn't really have a flavor to it, but that was just okay garbage. Yeah. I, I want to taste something, the fucking minerals from the faucet, goddammit. Yeah, water doesn't really have a taste to it, but like the lead, you know, in it. <laughs> have you tried Fiji water? I just drank a 1.5 liter Fiji bottle today, and I enjoyed it. It tastes a little interesting. It definitely has a taste to it, and yeah. it's not just plain. Kind of salty, minerally. Yeah, I think it's like fresh kind of? in a way. It's it's just it's good water. It's supposed to be, but I don't know how actually good it is. But well, hey, it tastes pretty well, good. Fiji yeah. water is an artesian spring water. And there's a funny article, and I say funny because it, it it's funny the perception that people have on this. But there oh, was yeah. an article that came out about um, the amount of arsenic in Fiji water. Hmm. And I stopped there. I actually, I read the, the headline to the article, and the first thought that went through my head is, have they tested for arsenic in their tap water that they drink? Because I'm pretty confident the arsenic in your tap water... Is like 10 times what you find in Fiji water. But I could be wrong, and that's okay. But I remember. Well, it depends, you know, because everybody has different sets of pipes running to their homes. Absolutely. So everybody, everybody should really get their water tested because nobody really knows uh, what the hell all that consists of, you know? Well, that was, that was the thing that I found so funny about it because I think it was, I think it's Flint, Flint, Michigan, yeah. right? Yeah. So. They they have one of these things that is very common across the, across the United States, 
was that when they laid those pipes, those original water pipes, which are still in a lot of places, when they yeah. laid those original water pipes, they were all lead pipes. No. No, they they have some, I think, like joints or some, some weird thing, uh, like connector pieces, where it's not that they're made out of lead, but it's they do have lead layers. And so the outer layers have since kind of like rusted away or what have you. And now the lead has been exposed, essentially. There's the a pipes bunch themselves. Of, no, there's a bunch of places that still have lead. Pipes no, you're you, well. You're you're true, but uh, or you're true. You're you're yeah. You're you're correct. But like most of those pipes, that's what I'm talking about when I say like personal housing pipes, right? Yeah. So those pipes might be lead, which is not, in, you know, at least it's not coming straight from the source. But in Flint's problem, like its major problem, was that it was coming contaminated straight from the f- source. So no house was safe. Yeah. Uh, now they've since basically f- fixed it. And the, the issue that's still ongoing, as I understand it anyway, is that the the people that still have lead in their homes, like those that trace amount of lead is actually coming from like their own pipes, you know? But that's my point is that... It's just that they're aware of it now. You, you, know? look, you look across the board and people don't even think about, oh, what the fuck is coming into my house? They're looking at a bottle. And that's the thing that made me laugh so hard is that they look at a bottle of Fiji water like, oh, my God, there's more arsenic in this Fiji water than in Deer Park. Well, yeah, because it's the style of water where it comes from, but the the amount of arsenic within it is still negligible. That's why it's more expensive. Yeah, you're you're, you're talking about like four parts per billion or something like that. It's like, stop knocking fucking Deer Park, dude. (laughs) I get two... It's... It's buy one, get one free for a dollar at 7-Eleven, man. So I get two fucking liters of water for a dollar, and Deer Park is okay. Yeah. Or you could just fill your water bottle at your house. Which is what I do when I'm drinking water at home. Right now I have a Deer Park bottle that I've just plunged through, and it's just it's from the fucking kitchen, the refrigerator. I just keep refilling the same bottle. It's actually not a bad idea to pay for like bottled water. Uh, I'm not a big fan of like paying for bottled anything, but uh, I don't know, man. Like water is a scarce resource. We should maybe probably pay a little more for it, you know? Oh no, I agree. I agree. That's that's why I take. I mean, like personally, I take a lot of precautions with my water in my house. That's why I have like all. Like, I don't use plastic bottles. I use glass or metal because I can clean those and I can decontaminate those. And then if I want to disinfect my water, I can and put it in those and it won't get contaminated when I store it in those. So, I mean, I'm a little weird, though, because for a good 25 years, all I drank was water. Like, literally all I drank was water or maybe rum, but that was it. So I'm weird and and I'm okay with being weird. But anyways, it just, it just uh, th- th- those articles that just, you know, where they where they pick apart what's in a bottle of water, it just always makes me, it, it just always makes me laugh because the people who are writing those articles probably have never tested their water in their house that they right. cook yeah. with, bathe with, drink with, etc. I mean, like how many people have, honestly? Oh, pr- probably uh, the people listening to this show, I, I would probably bet. Anybody listening to the show right now is probably thinking to themselves, Jesus, have I ever tested my water? And the answer is probably no. Right. We just kind of go on faith. And like I've been at the same place now for a couple of years. So I'm pretty confident there's nothing seriously harmful in my tap water because had it been lead, 
right? Like I would have shown advanced signs of stupidity by now, which might have culminated in me smacking myself in the eyeball with a pair of headphones today. I guess one can never be too sure, but I don't think there is anything terrible in my own. Well, maybe it's time to test your water. Yeah. I mean, I just, eh, there are so many other things, like so many other things to, that, that could get me, you know? I don't know. <laughs> I could I could it. walk out of my back door, step in a bear trap. Yeah, I could like, I mean, I could piss off the wrong spider one day, you know, and it could be over for me. Yeah, but there's like a 1% chance that that spider could be a radioactive spider, and then you turn into Spider-Man. Yeah. I think that um, you would just be... If there's a 1% chance, man, I'm going to walk into more spider webs. That's why I do. I mean... <laughs> But like, how radioactive would the spider be? Because this is one of those things. If a spider, of course you can irradiate a spider, uh, but it wouldn't live. Like, not long. So like, yeah. So then, if you got bit by a radioactive spider, let's be honest. If you got bit by a radioactive spider, the best you could hope you for is be, cancer. Yeah, like you would just be okay, great, now you've been struck by the ill effects of its venom and you're also a tiny bit radioactive. Like, that's what would happen. And so, what would, the, and what would that spider what look like? Kittens? I mean, it'd be all like, it'd have like all lumpy cancerous shit all over it. It wouldn't look like a normal spider. It'd yeah, well, it'd be, it'd be like, it'd be like, well, if it was radioactive enough to be like a point source, uh, one that you can actually like, you know, test on like a radiac or whatever. Like, it, it just wouldn't live very long because it would so much damage would be being done to it in the process. All of its DNA would be just being shredded, you know? Uh, oh, what about the uh, the glow-in-the-dark kittens? The what? <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to explain that one a bit more. Oh, God. So they took um, kittens and they were doing gene manipulation and fucking around. This was years ago. And they put radiation into the genes and injected it. And the cats lived just fine, but they were glow-in-the-dark. They radiated, like, for the radiation that they put in them made them glow. I'll pull up the article for you. Yeah, post that and, post that and what the fuck, because that's got to be posted. I don't think it, it, I don't know how one would make radiation a part of a gene sequence. I don't know about that. So they use jellyfish genes. Yeah. And then they irradiated the genes on top of that to do it better. And they right. made glow in the dark fish, rats, rabbits, yeah. insects. So when pigs. they when they do that, that that changes the structure of the DNA, right? Because radiation is energy. It's not like a, it's not an uh, an A C B or whatever the fuck, right? Like it's it's energy you can add to the system, which will change the system. Then, so they're they're manipulating genes by way of radiation therapy, essentially. Yes, but they're still radioactive. I mean, no, they won't continue to be. Unless you... Exp Maybe they're eating depleted uranium. <laughs> Unless rounds. you expose the cat directly. <laughs> Which is just fucking torture. Like, this is terrible. Oh my god. Or you found some house cats near Chernobyl. I would adopt a house cat that came from Chernobyl. I would. Even if it yeah. killed me. Which it probably would, too. It would just fucking use its laser beam eyes on birds and shit oh, man. dude if i had a cat that had laser beam eyes that would be amazing and horrifying at the same time because there would yeah. never be a mouse living in my house 
but I would be terrified because if I forgot to feed that right. cat like five minutes too late, I'd be sitting there going, is it going to kill me? Is it going to kill me? Is it going to kill me? Oh, God, please yeah. don't kill me. Yeah, that cat would rule the roost. It would, there would be no question. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would just be paying for the house that the cat occupied. Yeah. And, like, they already fuck a lot of things up with their claws. Um, so you can imagine, like, if a cat had the, that ability with its eye, it would just, like, decide to set fire to your wallpaper for no reason. Or to me. Yeah, yeah. Let's catch a pant leg on my... <laughs> <laughs> Well, shit. On that note, article, where can people find you at, man? Uh, right here. And icing my eyeball. Uh, and I, yeah, that's pretty much it. Ah, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Daymok, where can we find you at, man? Oh, man. I heard him spark the lighter like five, maybe seven minutes ago, and now he's just trailed off entirely. Oh, yeah, he's uh, gone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm keeping up. You can find me on the GNA Discord. Uh, I just troll there for a while. I'm doing a good job, damn it. <laughs> You're staying with us. Staying with us is good. And I'm Cecil Xavier, your host. You can find me on Cecil vs. Games on Twitter, Cecil Xavier everywhere else Twitch, Ustream, Mixer, Facebook, fucking everywhere else. Discord, um, and yeah, dude, gamers. I'm in TPCs. I'm in a whole bunch of other places. So if you can't find me, just let me know. I'll, I'll load up there, too. We hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Reviews help people find the show. So if you enjoy listening to us, let other people know. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Podcast Addicts, Stitcher, Player FM, Spreaker, MyTuner, Your Listen, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Uh, if we aren't someplace, let us know. We'll upload there. You can follow us on Twitter or Facebook by searching at GNA Podcast, all one word. You can join the Discord chat to see the pinned tweet. We do a game show night first Saturday of every single month on Mixer at www.mixer.com forward slash GNA Podcast. We are partnered with Humble Bundle. Humble Bundle is a game purchasing service that we, GNA, have partnered with. You purchase a game just like you normally would, but with a bit of a twist. You choose what part goes to the publisher, what part goes to Humble Bundle, what part goes to charity. There's a little slider down there at the bottom. All you have to do is just give a, um, a question mark partner equals GNA podcast at the end of whatever your Humble Bundle link is. Just put the if there's a question mark there, just put partner equals GNA podcast after that question mark, and that will let them know that we sent you there. Uh, there is a slider down at the bottom. We don't want you to give us any money. We want you to give it all to charity, throw it to the developers, maybe give Humble Bundle a buck or two, but really that's up to you. We give all ours to charity. That's what we like to do. So far for the month of July, we've made $12.52 for uh, Extra Life. That's our charity this time around. So, hey, every cent counts. Get a chance. Go ch go check out Humble Bundle. It's a great place to purchase the games. So, and ironically, or ironically, um, logically, if you're going to go purchase a game on Steam, go check out Humble Bundle. See if it's there first, because you're probably going to pay the same price, or you might pay it cheaper. And you're going to be given to charity simultaneously, so it's a win-win. Do you like anime? Because we do. Join us every Wednesday night at 19.30 Eastern Standard Time for Anime Night, hosted by Blue Shark. Now, there's a little snafu. Seems that Rabbit is closing down. So we're going to be working on finding another way of keeping that anime night going. Don't know how it's going to go yet, but we're going to figure it out. And we'll keep, that, uh, we'll keep you informed on where that goes for 
currently we're watching Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, and I think we're on episode like 12, 11, not 100% sure. We want to thank Morgan BS Photography for our new logo and artwork. Check him out at morganbs.com. You can email us at gnapodcast at gnaandyourdna.one with questions, comments, death threats. We don't care. We'd love to hear from you. Last but not least, check out our website at www.davidsranchjumbosunflowerseeds.com. <laughs> Or gnapodcast.com. But seriously, eat the fucking sunflower seeds. I'm on, like, bag number 12 this week. <laughs> well, thank you, gentlemen, for joining in and hanging out. All right, man, you have a great night. Have a good night. Take care. Hi everyone, it's your favorite Blue Shark, Blue Shark 45. I mean, seriously, like, is there any other Blue Sharks that you like more than me? Well, is there? Is there? Moving past my confidence issues, I personally would like to say um, to everyone who listens to this show, thank you. Thank you so much uh, for making GNA Podcast what it is today. Uh, this this podcast has been going on for four years now, and uh, we've been doing it for like the last two years as the GNA crew, and uh, w- we wouldn't be where we are today, in my opinion, without you guys. You guys make Anime Night, you know, like something that's besides Cecil and Zyber and I sitting down every Wednesday night to watch something. You know, you guys come out in droves and sometimes and watch it with us or like you know we get the same old faces you know it but it makes it something community driven you guys constantly show up for game show night horror movie night all this stuff like you guys keep our discord alive and we are so ever grateful for that because otherwise it'd just be the four of us sitting around talking about how much we miss shadow Come back to a shadow, please. But anyway, thank you guys for making this another great year, and I look forward to many more years with the GNA podcast and you guys as the awesome community that we have.